Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And it's good to be with you. And Father, um, you know, in our last episode, we spoke about Advent. We are recording this in the Advent season, short as it is this year. Um, but I'd like to just dive into a topic that might not not might not put you in the Advent or Christmas spirit. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> um, but that's all right. It doesn't matter. This is not a this is not a seasonal uh, topic. Uh, I guess it could be really relevant if people are going on vacation days during the Christmas season. Uh, but it's been something that's been on my heart for a number of months, and I think it's just timely for what's going on, you know, in our in our culture at large. Uh, I don't know, Father, how many uh, experiences or encounters you've had with this, but what's been on my heart in in recent weeks, and in fact, several months now, is the amount of people who come up to me and say, Father. Um, We've got strongly established social groups. We've been friends with certain people for many, many years. And with the increased legalization of marijuana across the United States, more and more of our friends are getting into this. And that wasn't part of our normal recreation with them in the past. And we feel like their decision as a couple or as an individual or perhaps as a family is really going down a moral path that we think is jeopardizing the quality of our friendship. So that's what I'd like to talk about today. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, it's interesting. When I ask people, when I meet people who listen to the podcast, I often ask them, well, what would you like to hear about? Like, what are some topics? And they, uh, 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 I don't know. Um, things that often come up are these things that I think are, people are experiencing on the daily basis, but they just don't really know how to deal with them. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about going to same-sex marriages. Um, but these these things have come up too, like this question of marijuana use, especially as it becomes more and more legal. I'm not going to say where, but I recently talked to a teenager who was talking about go, you know traveling for one of these holidays coming up and said, well, yeah, like my parents like going there because of the drugs. And I, like, I just like the drugs. I think sometimes when I hear drugs, I often think of heavier drugs um, when I helped out with an addiction recovery center. Um, but yeah, just like the, how casual it's become to use like THC gummies and all these different things. So it's mm-hmm. affecting young people. <laughs> it's a, it's oh, affecting sure. young people. And yeah. 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 The, the, the learning, um, just the learning problems that lots of teens are now being, you know, tracked with who are been using marijuana and how it's uh, impacting brain development. I'm sure you've experienced this as a high school chaplain. I've experienced it. I have argued endlessly with people who, it's all natural. There's nothing wrong with marijuana. If it's grown out by these cannabis plants, well, then maybe God intended it all along. And you can argue with people to your blue in the face, and they will come, they will search the internet for you know any sort of amount of medical articles that they can find to say that it's not addictive, it's not damaging to one's body, blah 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 blah. And you can find just as many articles on the flip side to say no, it actually is really harming people uh, medically or emotionally, spiritually, whatever. We are not here in this episode to talk about those effects and, and those debates. Uh, I do want to just highlight in this episode how this growing reality of legalized drug use is really impacting Christian friendships. Uh, that, that's really what our, our purpose is. 
And regardless of how many states in the United States or in other um, countries around the world legalize uh, marijuana or other recreational drugs or uh, medicinal drugs, uh, right now, you know, the Catechism of the Catholic Church is still standing. And and, and our beliefs of, of how um, recreational things should actually enhance the dignity of each human person and not degrade the faculties that God has given us, that's not changing. Mm. Uh, so just to review, you know, just to put it out there, in paragraph 2291 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it states this, the use of, the, the use of drugs inflicts very grave damage on human health and life. Their use, except on strictly therapeutic grounds, is a grave offense. Clandestine production of and trafficking in drugs are scandalous pr- practices. They constitute direct cooperation in evil since they encourage people to practices gravely contrary to the moral law. What's timely about all of this, Father Crotty, is that um, less than a month ago, Archbishop Aquila in, in Denver just released a pastoral letter on drug use. Ah. Uh, the, the, you can get online. I encourage our listeners to go check it out. The text is called That They Might Have Life. It's a pastoral letter on drug use. And he succinctly, in one of the more powerful lines of the whole text, he succinctly just you know, states the Catholic position that drugs inhibit our use of reason, they weaken our will's orientation towards the good, and they train our emotions to expect quick relief from artificial pleasure. I mean, mm. that, that like one sentence right there pretty much summarizes the problems that we've had with drugs. And, um, and I, you've seen this, Father. I've seen it. All kinds of people have seen it. Um, you know, I, I realize that there are certain drugs out there that are uppers and that they give people kind of a surge of energy and make them feel like they're hyperactive and overly productive in their careers or whatever. Um, but I'll go toe-to-toe any day of the week with people who want to argue this because I have just seen so many people whose lives become very lethargic. And, you know, in this Advent season in which we're, in which we're recording this episode, in which we're called to stay awake and to stay alert— um, so many recreational drugs are actually prohibiting people from that aw- alertness and that awakenedness to noticing the active presence of God, to noticing the promptings of the Holy Spirit deep within the interior life, and to notice the grateful gifts, blessings and, and moments of gratitude that surround us on a daily basis. You know, and, and I constantly tell audiences about this. Um, show me someone who's just thriving in their marriage, really giving of themselves to their children, exercising lots of Christian charity to their neighbors, their community, their parish, advancing in their career, maybe doing a graduate degree on the side. Show me someone who's doing all of that. Not that life is all about production and productivity, but really thriving in relationship and in the use of their gifts and talents while also constantly becoming more and more dependent on recreational drug use. I'm just not buying that. Uh, And I've just seen the devastating effects in so many areas of pastoral ministry. Um, and then when you see that up close and personal, you can realize how this is having a massive ripple effect on friendships and social groups in which people don't want to be associated with that. Yeah, <laughs> all that's true and very interesting. I was actually really taken by this artificial or quick quick relief um, with artificial pleasure. I've mm-hmm. just been shocked too. Um, one thing is interesting when young people talk about smoking, they almost always mean smoking weed. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually had to, that was a shift that I had to make that I wasn't sort yes. of prepared for. Like, yes. And I'll ask, And but then what's been interesting is this. So there's obviously increased use of, of, of THC, of marijuana, but 
It's been fascinating now to hear from kids in high school who started vaping mostly just nicotine and then sometimes THC as well or whatever, dab pens, mm-hmm. whatever, the, every, all the stuff. But mm-hmm. it's interesting too that it's, it's so different than even like the 80s or something like, you know, smoking in the boys' room, kind of like kind of this uh, risky behavior, kind of whatever thing. Um, mm-hmm. But like kids who on their own, maybe starting with friends, but who are heavily addicted to really intense high amounts of nicotine that they can't function um, without it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that, so that's one side of like the upper thing, but then also, yeah, that they can't function um, kind of with their family or in society or in school um, without the assistance of these kind of quick relief by artificial pleasures. And I think what I've just noticed in the fear for young people is like, man, like they are setting themselves up for a life of dissatisfaction. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when it's like in a day, I can get these quick relief of kind of the sad, sadness or whatever we struggle with as human beings. Like I can get these, this kind of artificial pleasure from these quick reliefs from my phone, from another, from another TikTok, from another Instagram reel, from another Snapchat that's coming through, but then also from these recreational drugs on the side mm-hmm. um, and how, yeah, how that's forming a, a generation of young people. Which gets to none of the root issues as to why they're sad in the first place. Right. Um, but also gets back to what the Catechism and Archbishop Aquila are calling for is a, uh, a more profound respect for the gift of reason that we have and our ability to make decisions in full willpower. Mm. And I think this is one of the great things that people often miss with the use of recreational drugs. There's a, there's a real escape in wanting to to flee from the, the pressures or the problems of this world and enter into the euphoria of being high. And yet, really, God wants us to stay rooted. <laughs> God wants to keep us deeply entrenched in our human realities in a very incarnational way, as Christ obviously proved in his incarnation coming to earth and suffering for us. He wants us to stay engaged, to stay entrenched, and to not run off into the highs. Because it's when you stay in- engaged and entrenched with full use of your mental faculties and willpower, that's actually where grace starts to be cooperated with. That's where relationships are building. That's where virtue is growing, and and that's where we're you know hopefully finding, you know, uh, just a greater thrive, uh, a sense of thriving in life. Yeah. Um, we we cannot minimize the great gifts that our Creator has given to us with the full use of of mental reason, and uh, you know the decisions to make you know free decision free willpower decisions. That just can't be minimized and brushed aside all for the sake of recreational pleasure. Right. And maybe to cut through some of the, you know, I have friends, family members, all these same arguments that are made, right, about why marijuana is fine, why THC is good, why, you know, cannabis is a is, is just as, just as uh, you know, casual, if not better for somebody than alcohol. I just wanted to mention this, especially with like this idea of our reason. Um, I've just noticed so much, even with Catholics, even with faithful Catholics, right? You go to a wedding, you go to a wedding reception and the weird culture of American wedding receptions of like, this is my time, you know, this month that I just go crazy, um, that I just drink so much. Um, and I've even noticed maybe with like conservative folks in the Midwest, they would even say less and less, but they would might even say, oh, marijuana is terrible, but yeah, I can get like super trashed at this wedding reception. Um, mm-hmm. th- for the same reason, drunkenness has always been considered in the same light within the church. There can be weird comparisons between, um, oh yeah, I could, I could use marijuana with this kind of incremental levels. Um, and you know, 
just like alcohol can be used. Um, but I think what always gets missed with that argument is like, no, the church has always said that drunkenness isn't good either, right? Mm-hmm. But it's this balance, especially in the life of the church, where we're not we're not puritanical. We're not prudish when it comes to things. I love Chesterton's line, right? This is like whatever college seminarian loves to quote, where he says, in Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross all fit together, right? Um, but that's only if we're actually properly using our reason in the in the context of that as well. Mm-hmm. The pipe, of course, he means tobacco pipe, not right. <laughs> marijuana pipe back in the day. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I just think there's this recognition of, no, once whatever I'm using starts to take over and kind of usurp my reason that I have um, as a human being uh, made in the image and likeness of God, and my brain starts to shut down or it starts to be changed in such a way that I'm not thinking as I could be um, as a human, right? Starts to become more like an animal, shuts down, right? From the front to the back. Then it's like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm degrading my own dignity here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not surprising when, you know, uh, faithful Christians see that and they see friends going down that path. Um, they might be debating with them constantly about what are the THC levels in marijuana and how they consistently are increasing from, you know, 2% back in the day to now over 15% in most marijuana products today. There's debates going on about, you know, uh, CBD and, and medicinal purposes and, and the different chemical compounds that can be extracted. While all those debates are happening, people can see their friendships diminishing. People can see their friends, you know, not thriving in life, uh, becoming much more dependent on recreational drugs than with on the, then on the friendships that used to be very life-giving for them. Um, and, I, and I specifically want to speak to any of those among our listeners who are experiencing that and, and just really uh, encourage them to feel empowered to make some heavy decisions. Uh, it is okay to draw some lines in the sand. That is not condemning other people. It is not placing ourselves as judge and jury over them. But it is setting up some healthy boundaries as to say, what areas of recreation do I want in my friendships, in my marriage, in my family circle of influence? And what are some areas that I'm really not willing to go down any longer? Uh, so to, to feel empowered to make those decisions as difficult as they can be. And that's not, that's not to say that the relationships must end, but perhaps the relationship needs to adjust. And to say, if you have friends, if there's maybe couples in your neighborhood or in former social groups who are engaging in recreational drug use, to just say, I'm going to put a boundary on that. Uh, and, I, and I just don't think that my Christian identity and what I want for my household is going to allow me to uh, collaborate in that or just to be exposed to it. And that's not to say that you know relationships can't be handled in other ways. That's not to say that there has to be a, a complete breakage of all communication. And you never know. For some people who get deeply involved in recreational drug use and have a conversion out of that or perhaps actually have a, a breaking point someday where they reach out for help, uh, you might actually be the friend that they need most often. You might be the friend that they call out and, and reach out to in a really low moment. Um, but that is not that doesn't say that the friendship you know has to excuse me, I almost lost my microphone there that it's not just a passion about it it's fine I know it's not to say that the friendship has to end or that relationships just have to be completely cut off, especially if they've been fruitful relationships for many years or decades uh, so for all of our listeners um, don't be afraid to make some healthy boundaries. Uh, people might accuse you of being overly self righteous 
And, and I think in humility, you can say, no, this is not about me. Yeah. This is about what's healthy for all of us. And it's actually about honoring what's most fruitful and honest in our friendship thus far and what can actually be most helpful in a fruitful and honest life-giving relationship for us going forward. Mm-hmm. And, and drug use doesn't really play a factor in that. Mm. Yeah, not to go back to some sort of arguments, but I just know that a place that folks find themselves in as their friends might be stepping into that or they might be kind of interested themselves because it's become so normalized, right? Culturally normalized, especially if you're living in a state like Colorado where, you know, recreational marijuana use has been um, legalized for a while or even popping up to South Dakota. That's become, I think, I think it's been more and more legalized there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just around too. You see it all over the place as you're driving around. Um, I was really grateful for my experience that I had um, in one of my years in seminary, um, I spent this poverty immersion at a homeless shelter um, in Omaha, Nebraska called Santa Francis that was run by men and women in addiction recovery. Um, and so I was able to go to AA and all the different variations of kind of those anonymous um, addiction recovery uh, meetings every mm-hmm. night. Um, so I went to Narcotics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, all of, all of them. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to know these men, especially, and talking to them and one day we were in the we were in the kind of recovery house, the kind of dorm area, and I just asked one of these guys who I was talking to. I said, "Okay, I just need to know." I said, "Everyone who is arguing for recreational marijuana use will say that it's not a gateway drug, right? Mm-hmm. They'll say it's not an issue. Like it just kind of stops at this casual use um, at my house, right? And I think that's how a lot of people step into it of saying, "Oh, this is just something casual, or I'm trying here, I'm trying to there." Then they find themselves maybe." Um, obsessed by the use of these things and all of the guys in this group who were sitting there maybe five or six of us they had had some pretty severe heroin addiction narcotics addiction cocaine i mean big 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 stuff methamphetamines all these things all of them kind of chuckled and they're like well of course marijuana was a gateway drug (laughs) like Mm -hmm. of course it was for all of us like yeah of course we started with this um and then kind of chasing that high or however their life you know kind of circumstances played out and no does that mean that everybody you know kind of a dare program in grade school. It's like you, you look at marijuana one time and you're hooked for the rest of your life. No, that's not the case, but to not be so, to not be so naive in front of this idea that I can just casually use recreational um, drugs like marijuana or all of the, you know, THC alternatives and just kind of, Oh yeah, I'll be fine. Nothing's going to, there's not gonna be any problems. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of examples in the world where, um, no, (laughs) There are a lot of problems when when you kind of give yourself over to um, trying to find the next quick relief from any kind of pain, trying to find the next quick high, um, and then all of a sudden it's a it's a pretty quick stepping stone from um, just casually having you know a drink and some some recreational drugs at a party to you know these men that I saw who were successful men in the past, and then boom find themselves in a pretty severe opioid addiction or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just to have that awareness that maybe we need to use our reason even more. Uh, too, as we just kind of maybe casually step into the use of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just as we wrap up to any of our listeners who might, you know, really resonate with a lot of this, maybe it's a growing pressure on your household, your own friendships, colleagues, working relationships. Um, I, I, don't be afraid to fight for the dignity of the friendships and the relationships that you have found so sustaining in your life. Don't be afraid to speak up for the truth, especially if someone is trying to rationalize their behavior in an unhealthy way that actually speaks to the quality of your ability to be a friend and to speak light into the midst of darkness. Um, and at the same time, you know, do feel empowered to draw healthy boundaries when necessary. 
just so that uh, the friendship can be protected um, in, in those key areas where it really needs to shine forth. Uh, so, Father, thanks for your time just kind of chewing on these things. I know uh, it impacts all of our, our priestly ministry as we hear about things in pastoral ministry and in confession, and we just want to keep a real healthy sense of the dignity of each human person and the quality of our friendships as they continue to develop. To develop. So thanks for your time, everybody. Let's keep one another in prayer, and uh, blessings on your day. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.